Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I have four very special guests on today's episode. We are joined today by the lovely owners of Portland Myofascial Release, located in Portland, Oregon. So welcome to the program, everybody. I think what might be the most fun is to have you each introduce yourselves. And I can't actually botch your names, which takes all the pressure off of me. So Corey, why don't you go first? Welcome to the program. Tell us your name. And why don't you tell us just a little bit about how you got into Myofascial Release? Hi. Thank you for having us. Um, Corey Black Refino. I'm a physical therapist. Came from the orthopedic world, but started with uh, myofascial release in 08 officially. Uh, was thankful enough to have a practitioner that I worked with in our big hospital system here who was doing this work and was treating me. So I was able to see what it was about. And she was uh, very gracious and teaching me as, as much as she could at the time. And so then started taking classes and was able to piecemeal as best I could into the orthopedic world, was able to shift gears and worked as a contractor with the United States Air Force out here at the Portland Air National Guard Base and was able to take the MFR work more into a clinical aspect and treat the way that I felt needed to be treated. So in part with a group of 125 people. We were taking care of myself, an athletic trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. And we were able to mold the program that the way we felt was the best. And so the MFR stuff was naturally the only thing I did, which was great. And seeing those folks change and shift in that manner was pretty eye-opening. It was pretty awesome work. So I had known Spencer since 08. We had taken PEDS together and um, so he and I had worked together as uh, trades and getting together for work. He introduced me to Jamie and then met Rachel at a Portland study group. And so the three of us met in 18, I think, and started working together. And then we'll tell you the rest of the story from there. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. Rachel, why don't you go next? Sure. My name is Rachel Lochter. I'm also a physical therapist. I started practicing in pediatrics. And I did that for about nine years and I kept getting John's brochures and I was like, well, I'll just take one of these classes and see what I can bring to these kids and how I can be helpful. So I took one of the classes, I think it was in 2016, maybe. And it just was a life-changing experience. It was something that it was the missing pieces to the puzzle that I was looking for. And I ended up taking that back to my kids that I was treating and I saw these big gaps where the moms were not getting this love and care that 
these kids were getting. And they kept saying, oh, I just, I need more. I need help. And so I kind of shifted gears and started taking more of John's courses and ended up taking women's health and was like, this is where I need to go. So I ended up taking a leave from pediatrics and working more into adult and women's health-based stuff. And, you know, you heard Corey say, we all kind of were doing study groups and meeting and treating together. And all of the pieces just kept falling into place that this was just where we were meant to be. So I still treat kids every once in a while. They come into the clinic and I get the opportunity to see them, which I love. But I kind of run the gamut of anywhere from zero to 99, which is, it's a cool thing to be able to touch all different bodies and see all different types of um, fascial systems from very, very young and immature to leaving the earth. So that's kind of where I, I sit at this point. Very cool. Very cool. Spencer, why don't you go next? Hello, I'm Spencer Lee, and uh, I'm a massage therapist. It's good to see you, Heather. I found this work actually in massage therapy school. It was the last class I took in massage therapy school was myofascial release. And I went to the professor and said, what is this work and where has it been all my life? And he laughed and said, if you want to do this work, you need to study with John Barnes. And I immediately went to the first MFR1 course I could find, which was I was living in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. The course was in Colorado and taught by Dave Frederick. And uh, it just was a fabulous course. And I knew I found a new life path. And I just just went full force, taking as many courses as I could, unwinding MFR2, all the you know, cervical thoracic and on through. And when I moved out to Portland, I just opened a clinic. So I got to see whoever happened to find me. And my business was called Broadleaf Healing. And at first, it was just the people that referred, that found my work that referred to their friends. And then I joined a group called Portland Natural Health and got to work together more closely with some naturopathic physicians and physical therapists and acupuncturists. But I continued to realize that I wanted to be in a team with other MFR therapists. And when this group of four found each other and came together, we realized that we had something very special and that we really wanted to treat people together. And that's when we came up with the concept of Portland MFR and started doing the hard work to form a business together and to find a property and to make it ours. Okay. I love that so much. I can't wait to hear more. But last but not least, Jamie, would you please introduce yourself? Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to see you, Heather. I'm Jamie Lipton. I'm a massage therapist. I've been doing myofascial release for, I'm in my 10th year now. It's hard to believe it has been that long because it has flown by. It's amazing, enriching work, as you know. So it doesn't feel like that long. But I came to this work as a patient. I had chronic migraines. And through the help of some amazing therapists, including one Spencer Leak, I don't get migraines anymore. And when it was time for my career change, as I approached midlife, had it suggested me I should be an MFR therapist. And I thought that was crazy because I didn't conceive of myself that way. And all this lovely woo-woo stuff that we do. I was a thinker. I was a writer and editor by trade and training. But once I got into that first class, into MFR1, I even remember the moment it happened, the light bulb went on. And just like these other guys have said, 
this is it. This is the thing. And then I worked with uh, fibromyalgia, chronic pain patients, and dove into training with John. At the same time, I went to massage school. So I was never a massage therapist before. I went Mm -hmm. to become an MFR therapist. It was really great boot camp working with chronic pain patients. I learned a whole lot. And at the same time, like Spencer, I was hungry for a bigger, deeper way to treat people. And yeah, then we found each other in this beautiful organic way we'll talk about. And it's been such an enriching experience over the last several years. Awesome. So exciting. Okay. So I have a couple of questions for you guys. So let me just refer to those so I don't leave anything out. (laughs) Why don't we start with you guys met and you all decided that you wanted to start a practice together. What did that actually look like and how hard was it to come up with this concept of you guys are all owners of the practice? Like, How does that actually work? wants to start? Well, I'll jump in if nobody else will. Well, the first thing we realized is we love each other, right? Like Corey mentioned, we just kind of started treating each other. And then on a really regular basis, it ended up being almost monthly for a while there. Mm -hmm. The four of us just came together and just treated each other like a Sunday afternoon. And we kept doing it more and more. And then all of us were talking about our individual situations. And we realized like, wait, this could be our life. And then one day after we were treating each other, we got together, we went across the street to a pub and we sat down and Corey took notes on a napkin. And I still have like, it. Wait, can, and I do too. I know this is an audio medium. Oh, I yay. printed it out and framed it. Oh, so I we love still have, that. We've still got our founding document where we, you know, we just talked really <laughs> frankly about what would this look like? What, could we do this? Nobody's really done this. What would it look like? Uh, and anybody else can pick up the story from there. But it started for me, from my perspective, it started with the feeling we developed with each other, this like organic chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think most people believe that you have to have like a hierarchy to make things work and that like feelings will get you so long, but then there'll be some sort of drama that would come up. So is there actually somebody who's in charge or you guys have just made rules from the beginning of how you will handle things as you go forward? Really, the latter of the two of those, we decided very early on that we didn't want a hierarchical structure between the four of us and that we thought equal ownership, equal responsibility was the world the way that we see the business. And so we all have an equal share and an equal stake in this business. Very cool. Ladies, do you want to chime in and tell us kind of your perspective of how this came together? It was awesome. One of the first times I was able to meet Rachel, she caught my eye from across the room and I said, oh my God, I need to know who she is. And from that moment on, for the four of us meeting together, because I had known Spencer more and then Jamie just, you know, in kind of classwork passing, it was exactly that. We knew that we had to get treated and we were really craving the group treats where we could go as deep as necessary because we had a short amount of time and we would do individual treatments, you know, outside of that. But I think, and I'll speak for myself, I needed that type of work. I needed big stuff then. And I still do. And I crave that, but it was very necessary for me at that moment to realize personally that I needed to make a big shift. And they brought that big energy in that way. So 
for me, it was a very easy, okay, yes, this is what I need. This is where I'm supposed to go. And after the first beer at lunch, we were all like, okay, let's figure this out. What else can we do? And, and how should this go? And so it was a positive and fun and fulfilling and enriching process. Stressful, sure, and hard work, you know, undoubtedly. But I think we all thrive in those situations, you know, in, in certain aspects where when you love something so much, you want to see it succeed, you work hard and we do. And it's cool. And maybe Rachel can speak to some of this, but we had split up the duties so that everybody got to kind of pick what they wanted to do for tasks and such for the business. And that was kind of what we had decided we would do was to split things up, you know, 25% and all have different tasks to do. And that was initially at least how we had had started to split uh, things as equitably as we could. And, but also to learn aspects of the business that maybe we didn't know. Okay, great. Rachel, you want to share your perspective of when everything started to come together? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I've learned through this whole process of even becoming an MFR therapist is that it is the, the ebb and flow of energies. And I think that the uniqueness that this practice has is our energies and how our energies collided with each other and then how they combine together. Yeah. So we have good balances of masculine and feminine energy of like all these different knowledge bases that we each individually have that we collectively bring together. That is the ability to be cohesive with what we do. So when you bring that into business aspects, it was challenging, but also kind of seamless at the same time, because we were able to feel into who is really strong in this area and who is really strong in that area. And how do I learn from this person? And how do we grow? It was never like, oh, you don't know how to do that. It was all about love and support in it so that we could make this entity big and beautiful and bright. And it seemed to work really, really well. And so at first it was a shift because we were all coming from different backgrounds and different clinics and different ways of working. and as with all the journeys, there is a little bit of a struggle with trying to figure out how do we all mesh together and how do we make all of our different big personalities and energies work in a business aspect. And I think one of the biggest pieces that we've figured out how to make it work really well is just communication as with any relationship. Like, yeah, we communicate our frustrations and our joys. How would we make it better and what's working, what's not working. And that seems to be the best way for us to continue on with where we're going. And I have been pleasantly surprised. I wasn't super surprised, but pleasantly surprised about how we've just created a family environment Mm -hmm. and we've sustained it for almost three years now, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's super awesome. Cause there's not only like the aspect of Sure, you guys might have all had like your individual practices or whatever you were doing before you guys were combined, or maybe you guys were employees places, but like you have that whole initial part of creating a business and then you have four working parts to it as separate humans. And there's the part where the business keeps thriving, even like I'm assuming you guys were building this during the pandemic too. Like you guys have had a lot of things that could throw you off, just like the initial starting up of a business and before it starts to really thrive, like there's that hesitation of like, oh, is this going to work? And then you've got the pandemic you throw in there. 
And then you just have lives outside of work too that can throw a wrench into things. So I know Spencer, I've known him for a long time and he was at some seminars that I was at where like some big things happened for me personally and for my husband. So I don't know if he knows he's a part of that journey or not, but like, that's how I know Spencer. And then for Corey and Rachel and Jamie, we were, and Spencer, we were recently at Advanced and Winding together. And it was fun for me to witness the four of you just as another therapist observing and also as like a coach for MFR therapists that are doing businesses, but just to see the meshing of you guys. And you could really see and feel like palpate the love that you guys have for each other. And there's like not this competition, right? Sometimes you can tell that some MFR therapists are almost in like competition with each other. Like there's this idea that maybe there's not enough business out there or some thought error there because it's not true. (laughs) But how amazing you guys do at creating that family atmosphere and that love and support for each other. Like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you guys is to get your thoughts on how easy it is for you guys to support each other and for there not to be this competition because there's more than enough bodies for you all to work on and for you to grow with. So what is that like? How do you guys fill your practice? Is it first come, first serve? Or people just pick you off the internet? Like, how does that part work? Mm -hmm. I can keep talking since it started. (laughs) And then whoever wants to can just jump in. (laughs) Well, we created a model where we don't have necessarily an individual patient assigned to a therapist. We tell all of our patients that we treat fluidly between everyone in the clinic. Awesome. So yes, we do have people who pick us off off of the website or they'll call and say, hey, I'm looking for somebody to do women's health or I need somebody who specializes a little bit more chronic pain fibromyalgia. So we kind of have our gifts where we we fit, but a lot of times a person will come in and say, oh, I was really looking for this. And we'll say, you know, let's get you started, but I'd really like to have you integrate with Jamie or, you know what, Spencer has this great energy and he has a lot of experience with this, that, or the other. So we kind of throw it in together, making sure our patients are seeing all of us. Mm -hmm. And then we also created group treats. So partner treats and group treats. So bringing in another therapist into the session so you can have more than one therapist with you. So it never creates a, this is my patient. When you come to Portland MFR, you're our patient and you will be cared for by everyone and anyone. That's eliminating the competition. And one of our mission statements was to be a pillar in the MFR community. We also love to treat with other therapists in the area and do study groups and invite them to come into our clinic and get treatment. So we even communally don't have this competition. We have this beautiful relationship with the therapists in the Portland area as well. I love that. I think that is the structural way we do it. Rachel's totally right. Mm -hmm. I think on a human level, we continually return to what brought us together and that's treating each other, Mm -hmm. right? We are constantly emphasizing resonating with each other through treatment. If things get a little hairy, I think it's occurred to each one of us at some point, like, hey, it's been too long since we treated each other. And we freely trade with each other. Like if somebody has time on their schedule, like jump on my schedule, let's get you treated. If one of us is dealing with something physically or energetically, we treat each other. And for me, that is the number one reason for our harmony 
And the number one reason I love our group is because we care about each other and we demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. And so then when it comes time for our human frailties and flaws to manifest (laughs) themselves, which they inevitably do, that's coming from that place. We already care about each other. And so we can move through all of that stuff that comes up because it is inevitable. Um, It has happened, right? But we start from that place of love and re-emphasizing it all the time that we're not in resonance right now. Let's treat each other. I think that's really great to bring that up. And I really appreciate the transparency that you're offering here. Like you guys are humans at the end of the day. There's always going to be little micro miscommunications that could lead to something bigger. And when you can sense that, you can just be like, hey, we need to treat each other. I need to get treated. And and you deal with it on the table and you deal with it on a personal level. Corey, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to just comment on how the truth that comes out when you're on the table is something that we need to embody in an everyday life, right? And that's what we're striving to do. That's why this work calls to us. And so it's very easy to get in our own heads as we do and get mad at somebody for the thing and, you know, the blah blah and then the whatever. If we're actually practicing what we preach and at the moment that we get on the table and we actually feel into what we're supposed to be doing, we're centering ourselves, we're grounding ourselves, the rest of this stuff goes away and the truth comes out to whatever it happens to be. And so Jamie's right in that the treating was what brought us together, but that next step and level down is that the truth shall set you free. It's going (laughs) to eventually come up. And so Mm -hmm. what better way to do it than to do it in an MFR loving way to be able to work through your own stuff, because obviously it's my own stuff that's coming up. And then the treating therapist can go, oh, okay, maybe I was too hard on him that time when I thought about this and I can see that he's going through X and I should be kind and humble and gentle. And our perception changes the moment we touch that person. Because that's what this work is, right? It's our way Mm -hmm. to be able to read and feel and sense what another human being is going through. So why wouldn't we do that with our our best partners? Well, and you just think about what an advantage you guys have. Well, because you guys can get so much treatment because you guys are together and you could also have that and decide not to be doing that. So I just want to like give you guys so much props for doing that. I just do believe that all of the treating... And the living, the MFR lifestyle outside of the treatment room, because you're still getting treated in the treatment room on purpose outside of your work hours is next level. And there's a lot of therapists out there probably listening that just get treated at seminars or they just trade for MFR. They wouldn't even think about paying for it or driving to it or whatever. And so you guys are a very good example of what is possible for you in your business when you make treatment of yourself and treating yourself with so much care and compassion, like what's possible for you in your business? Mm Because they're living examples of that. I would go so far as to say you can't be a good MFR therapist if you're not continually being treated with MFR. You're just not. Yeah, I agree too. I agree too. (laughs) That's why the people I coach are like, it's amazing the level of treatment that maybe somebody's getting when they first are introduced into my world and then how often they're going for T or a skill enhancement or driving to get MFR if it's not in their local area and being willing to pay for it instead of trading because they feel like they can only trade. I mean, that's great how you guys have a very symbiotic trading situation going on, but it's just not everybody has that. So being and willing to And you don't need drive. that. Yeah. 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 
exactly. It doesn't have to be free in order for you to be wanting to do it, I guess is my point with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think has been the hardest part of having a practice like this? The Jeopardy music is probably going to (laughs) happen. Pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. We were, how many months in? We were uh, six. Six months. Six months. Six months in of a brand new business. We had a four-year lease. We needed patients coming through the door. And then all of a sudden, you know, they told us that we couldn't work. And we were all like, what? And they continued to tell massage therapists that they couldn't work, but physical therapists could. And then we had to do some research on alternative funding and then how to get doctor's prescriptions for the massage therapist so that we could see patients. It was wild. And you know, I say we got through that and that really solidified us. And, and we all had our own issues at home and, mm-hmm. and having to stay at home. All of the therapists here except me have kids. And at the time I was in a relationship where she had a kid. So we were at home with children and it was a big deal. But it also helped solidify, as most things, difficult things do, the difficulty of the pandemic helped pull us together and created an even tighter team here. Yeah. Along those lines, the compromises required not only with the pandemic, but just with teamwork, I would say on one hand are the hardest part, but also they're one of the best parts, right? Because they challenge us to grow. I mean, I'm such a better person for these guys pushing me mm-hmm. over the last three or four years than I was before. I'm definitely a better therapist, but just as a business person and just as a man, I'm the compromise model feels like a negative to so many people, but I think it improves us all. I think it's multiplicative, not additive. I think we've added so much to each other's lives rather than it being a subtraction in the way people typically think of compromise. Nice. I would think too, like one of the hardest things to start something like this, where you have a group of people is everybody's fear about what could possibly go wrong or like what happens at the end of this, right? Like as if <laughs> like we've got to go all the way to the end, if there even is an end, right? This could go on forever. And the fear of it not working out or something going wrong, something happening. And you guys, like you said, what were you six months into business and COVID happened and there was a bunch more unknowns, but instead of just breaking up and walking away, which I think probably some people would think would be easier, like that was a great idea. Ha <laughs> ha. Those beers were great, but let's just get rid of this. And you guys chose to write it out and see what would happen. And none of us in our lifetime have ever gone through a pandemic before. And this last has been going on for years now. If you look at it from an MFR perspective, again, what is fear? So what do we need to do if you have a patient on the table and they're afraid of something? What do you do? You start going underneath that fear, right? feeling into it, what else is coming up with it. So that's exactly what we would do every time. I'm scared. Okay, what are you scared about? And we would talk through it or we would treat occasionally. But Mm -hmm. it's that same process of if you let the superficial emotional aspects of things run your life, it's not going to be successful. And so these three challenge me all the time. Well, Corey, what do you think is going on? Oh, gosh, dang it. I don't know. You know, and then we go down that rabbit hole of, all right, I guess I'll deep dive into whatever my issue is. I guess I'll feel into it. Uh You know, part of that is compromise. But without that, that's just love in a relationship, right? Somebody being able to say, well, 
what else is there? I mean, it's obviously not just this. This is just the top aspect of it. So really taking that into the relationship took us to the place where we were able to then transform it and be solid in what we wanted to do and know that it was the right thing. I love that. I love how you guys really just bring everything back to a myofascial release perspective. And it's instead of being afraid of fear, you just are like in fear's face. You're like, go ahead, bring Mm -hmm. it. You're like, I'm so centered in my power that it's almost like nothing can really rock you. And if it does, you're not afraid to say, I'm feeling rocked right now. Exactly. That's where we've ended up. I think we have, but it doesn't start there, obviously. (laughs) The fear makes you withdraw a little bit, right? So we've definitely had that process with each other and conflict with each other. But I think you're right. Like living those principles, as you called out, I think all of us are doing, Mm -hmm. is not about never being afraid. Right. right? It's, It's about what do you do when that fear comes up and how do you move through that? And I feel so fortunate to be with this group of people committed to seeing the other side of that process and not mm-hmm. just, oh, well, screw all this. Yeah. Because, I mean, anybody can do that. But I do think MFR therapists in general, like, are a different breed. We, like, run towards the fire. You know, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a healing crisis. Let's do it. You know, yep. hey, sign me up. and I'm going to pay thousands of dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> because we know the benefits to ourselves and, like, our life experience. And I always say, like, I had a life before MFR and I've had a completely different life during MFR, like it's still the during. Yeah. So, and a lot of people don't get that opportunity to experience that. So you guys are experiencing it in your own personal MFR bubble, but also in your day-to-day job and life. And I just wonder what the ripple effect of that is for you guys out into the world, the ripple that you guys are bringing into the world, into your families. What do your significant others or your animals think about this? Because you probably come home, I would think in a different mood than you do if you're working in a corporate world and coming home from that job? Well, for me, I mean, I have three kids and my husband's also a physical therapist. So he does orthopedics. So we speak different languages. We see things in a different light. And having the ability to sit down sometimes and tell him like, oh my gosh, this is what my day did. And this is where things went. And he's just like, that's incredible. He's like, I don't get it, but it's incredible. (laughs) And I get to bring it home and treat my kids. And when they're having off days and, you know, we get them down and rebound and, you know, if they get hurt in sports, they will always come over and be like, mom, will you fix this? Will you put your hands on this space? So they're learning it as a way of, they seek it out too. Mm -hmm. And I know all of us, in this practice, do the same with our loved ones that we we bring it to them and we talk about it. Oh, I had a rough day. My kiddo had a rough day. I was able to treat them. They cried. They unwound a little. But we also bring our own families together with our MFR family. So we have holiday parties or dinners together and we see each other outside of the clinic as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really not even so much that this is our work. It's more just this is just our life. This is just how we integrate it into our life. And everyone, I think, has grown in whatever way we need to grow, but our families seem to be coming right along with it as they need to in whatever capacity that looks like. I love that. I love that you guys, this doesn't just end at five o'clock at night. Like this expands into holidays and weekends and whatever else you guys do together. So that's super fun. Super fun. 
Is there anything any of you guys or all of you guys would want to say to other therapists that are thinking about starting up their own solo practice or thinking about going into practice with somebody else? What advice would you give them? From a perspective of joining with other people, I would highlight the many benefits of it from co-treating on a patient, which has amazing benefits. We also here do intensives because we actually now have five therapists here at our clinic. And that ability, that synergy, that being able to send a patient to a variety of MFR therapists is truly the way to get that patient have the best healing experience. Mm -hmm. So my first advice would be, if you can, do find a a group of like-minded therapists. I highly encourage it in order to work together in a clinic together, at least for a few days a week. I think it can be beneficial to you and to uh, your patients. I'm going to repeat myself over and over, apparently, but treat each other. Don't sign any papers till you treat each other a lot. Oh, I like Like, that. Make sure you're in resonance together. And the truth coming out, like Corey's talking about, is a truth you have space to handle, Mm. right? And really get to know each other energetically that way and use MFR to find that resonance with each other. And then the details of it will flow from there. That's what happened with us, right? But use the tools you know as an MFR therapist to get to know the other therapists and read that energy doesn't lie right? Yeah. I think that's really good advice because so many people rush into thinking maybe they're like a week, they're fully booked and then they're like booked a week or two out. So they're like, I need to hire someone. And and it all has to be a hierarchy system. Like that's usually like the brain goes to that and they'll just hire whoever comes along out of like a desperation of that. There's a lack of MFR therapists, which there's a lot of MFR therapists, if you know, in the right places to look and how to ask for it. So I think that that's just something to keep in mind, guys. It's like, you don't have to rush to hire someone, even if you're only booked, you're booked out two weeks and you don't actually have to hire someone. Like it could be more of like a collaboration or you could help them establish their practice by sending them your clients so that your clients get a variety too, which is just a beautiful, beautiful thing too. Corey, wants you to say something? Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest is that you don't have to go into business with somebody, especially if it's not somebody that you don't resonate with, right? Mm -hmm. But you know that, they have skills that you don't, or you just need help, you know, Hey, can you take a look at this person? I think I'm seeing this, but I'm having a hard time, you know, to be able to collaborate with another therapist or a doctor or a dentist or anybody is so important because we don't see everything, but that also comes down to you as the person being humble enough to say, you know what? I don't know it all and I need help. And I think the moment you do that, your help comes in droves. I think that's when the universe says, oh, she's listening. Okay, she needs some help. Hey, you remember that guy that was down the street that you didn't want to talk to? Guess what? Here he comes. So like just being open to the ability and the opportunities for maybe it's not exactly the business that you thought you wanted. We didn't know we wanted this, but we knew the underlying structures. We needed a community. We wanted a community. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have a lot of that available to you, it doesn't mean that you can't succeed. And it doesn't mean that you can't find what you're looking for. It very well just may be an entirely different path than what you think you need, but being open to it and seeing who does come and who is presented to you. I love it. And being really honest with yourself 
about what you want and who you are, right? Because this model is not for everyone and that's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Some people need to touch everything and not even in a control way, right? Mm -hmm. But just that's the place that's their lane in life. And some people don't want to deal with all those details. But this approach that we've taken is not for the faint of heart. You have to up your humility game, definitely. Then you have to be willing and almost eager to do that, right? And so some people don't have space for that in their life, and there's no shame in that. But you just have to be really honest with yourself because it will humble you, and you have to be willing to go through that process. I also think it's really important to when after you've collectively decided, whether it's individually or as a group of people, to for sure sit down and make sure that you're valuing yourself appropriately. Mm-hmm. It's something that the four of us have had extensive conversations about with what do we charge our patients? What do we value? How much are we worth in our time and our knowledge and our efforts and making sure that we're all on the same page with this is how much we value our treatment time, doing our charting, collaborating, putting things together and being really prideful in what you're doing then parallels the patients coming into pay because now they're seeing that this is worth it. We all charge the same amount for any therapist. It's not like one's more, one's less. And so if starting a business together and you're doing it with other therapists, my recommendation would be to value yourselves equally. That takes the hierarchy out of it. That allows everybody to feel like it's a cohesive collaborative space. And it it probably takes a little bit of the drama out of it too. So for sure. That's one of the most things that I think I coach on the most often is setting rates, raising rates. And I always teach everybody to really gather your facts. This is not news for anybody listening to this. Like you gather your the actual dollar amount facts of what you need to make in order to cover all of your bills. And you have a conversation with yourself or for you guys, it's your partnership of what do you want to make? And then also what is the value of the results that you are creating with your patients? And most of the time, the answer to that is priceless. Like we all have our own personal stories of results that we've had for ourselves or results that our clients have gotten. You've got to start with facts and then really do put a monetary price on the value of what you are creating out in the world because it's not like anything else. You know, you can't value it as the same as a massage or as traditional physical therapy. It just doesn't match up. Mm -hmm. Then you're not in congruency and it doesn't feel good usually for the practitioner. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you guys go through a price change or something, you guys all have to sit down and go through the reasons behind that and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Price negotiations. I love it. It's one of my favorite topics. So... That is one of the things we decided on from the beginning that, as Rachel mentioned, that we are going to treat each other as equals in all respects, right? As therapists, as business partners, and we're going to present that to our patients, Mm -hmm. right? Like there isn't any hierarchy in what you do here and the quality of care, the message sent is the quality of care you receive from all of our therapists will be the highest standard. I love that. And I also want to give you guys like another high five virtual high five for the part where you have physical therapists and you have massage therapists and it's your MFR training is the same. 
and you guys are MFR therapists. And I just love that there could be this cohesiveness between two different degrees. And it's not like this one's better than this one, or this one is less than this one. Because I think sometimes I don't, I'm guilty of this too, but like we walk into the seminar room and a lot of times for new therapists, they're like, are you a PT or are you an LMT? And there's this like franticness to make sure you like get the right partner that knows enough or, you know, whatever that is. I don't know. And within that embracing of that equality, you can observe and highlight the individual talents and backgrounds of each therapist, right? If you come from the place of, we are all great at this. And Rachel has this amazing experience with kids, right? Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't we want the kids of the patients that come here to benefit from that, right? And that doesn't feel competitive to me at all. It's just a fact, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying she's got the great experience with those type of patients and she should start with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to piggyback on that, refer for times when somebody needs something else. So Spencer will be like, you know, I think it's time for you to start working on your strength. I want you to go see one of the PTs and and I'll talk to them, but let's talk about maybe two or three things that would be a good way and place for you to start building your strength back up, you know, and, and it's an appropriate and timely conversation. And it's not what we go to necessarily right away. Sometimes it is. It's always patient dependent, but that's not the crux of our treatment. Right. But that is still an important aspect. And so we've taught Spencer and Jamie some stuff. Is there stuff that you guys see frequently that you know you need help with? Let's talk about what are some things that you can give for home program stuff. And so Mm -hmm. that cohesiveness again, but also between degrees, that's why I had said what I did before about nobody knows any one thing, you know, completely. And I don't know all the things. So by God, if Rachel needs to do X, then please, by all means, Rachel, please do the thing so we can, (laughs) we can all benefit because it's not doing anybody any good if I don't know the answer, but somebody else in the clinic does. So that's kind of how we try and present it to our patients as well. Jamie does some great inner journey stuff. I want you to see him for a session because I think this is something that you need to go in energetically. And and I think Jamie would be the one for you to see. So that's kind of how we approach it when it comes to each of our gifts. I love that so much. And it's so great for your patients to be treated from the beginning of like, you're going to get seen by all of us. And we all put out amazing work with you. And like Rachel could do the peds or women's health, right? And Corey maybe is stronger in orthopedics or she can create this home exercise program and Jamie can do the inner journey stuff. Spencer, what's in your magic box? <laughs> <laughs> Almost want to hear everybody else say. I know, how much time you <laughs> <laughs> so, I love cervical work and then bringing a patient's energy back into their body being there to help them hear what they need to hear from themselves, help them come into either their heart or their solar plexus or their pelvis or their their throat and release what's being held there energetically, help them find it, realize it, and then allow it to move. For instance, recently I've I've had several patients who uh, were unable to make noise while crying because while Mm. they were young, it wasn't okay, it wasn't safe to cry. And thus there was no voice. And when we can empower the patient to have that, then they can make huge gains because then that energy can move in a different way. Empowering patients is what I love to do. Mm. 
So good, you guys. Well, for time's sake, I want to respect you guys' time. We should probably wrap up. Does anyone have anything else they would want people listening to this to understand about you guys or where should they find you at? Hmm. They can find us online at portlandmfr.com. We do great intensive work. Sheila Walker is also working with us these days, and she's just a great resource for therapists. We all are getting treated by Sheila and are uh, learning from her directly as therapist students as well. Anything else anyone wants to add? Do you guys have Facebook and Instagram too, or... Mm-hmm. We do. It's all Portland MFR so at Portland okay. MFR. Yep. Okay. So everybody go and find them there. And if you're in the area or you're traveling through, like how far in advance do people need to get in contact with you before they can get in asking for myself? <laughs> we can usually find a slot for somebody, you know, within a week or two, but okay. yeah, just give us as much heads up as you can. Okay. For intensives, we may need longer than that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know. Good to know. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me and to just share with the audience what it's like to be in a practice like this so people can see what is possible, especially when they expand their minds and they are willing to feel feelings that maybe they weren't willing to before. And anything is possible with MFR. So thanks for joining us today on another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. And I'll catch you all next week. Bye. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at the MFR coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.